gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. So what uh what is this place anyway? Is this some type of fancy DMV? Are you kidding? It's the Hall of Justice. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 355. And our thanks to everyone who has supported the podcast in the past. We appreciate if it if you subscribe to the podcast, it comes right into your inbox. You're there. It's on your podcast app, whichever one you choose, including Spotify. And boy, I like to say hello to my friends at Spotify who have not given me any copyright violations in the last six weeks. Very, very nice to hear. Uh, our thanks to the great Julie Nathanson for coming out last week. Uh, she was on the podcast. 100 video game credits to her. Uh, that was pretty, pretty remarkable. Uh, coming up in the month of November, we have Loki, the Marvel show, also the movie The Marvels, and the new Amazon show, Gen V, all coming up on the podcast. All right. Uh, I have an apology to make. You know, since we started the podcast, uh, anytime Warner Brothers Animation has released an animated movie, I have done episode after episode, usually previewing it with guests and reviewing it here on the podcast. And there have been some changes. I'll, I'll be quite blunt. There have been some changes and the folk, the fine folks at Warner Brothers didn't really spread the word that this thing was being released. And that's on me. I should have kept better tabs. Because recently, I plopped in a, a DVD of Justice League War World. And I'm going to say this right here on the podcast, regardless of who our special guest is today. It's freaking good. And if I had known that months ago, this gentleman would have been on months ago. But it's still on sale. It's not on Max yet. And you can get the Blu-ray, DVD, get it on digital. You can do whatever you want to get Justice League War World. It's great. It's been written by a number of people because there's different parts of it. One of the writers is an old friend of the podcast. He's been on before, way back in episode 261, when we learned about his extraordinary career. And we're thrilled to have him yet again. Ernie Altbacker is with us. Ernie wrote a third of Justice League War World, but he's seen the whole thing. So he's just as qualified as anybody to review it. Uh, Ernie, thank you so much. Congratulations on the film. It's really good. It's really, really good. And you said it was really good, and I didn't believe you. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Seth. Uh, thank you for having me back. I would actually say I wrote a quarter because 
I know you know that uh, Jeremy Adams and Josie Campbell are credited there. Right. But Jim Krieg also had to write a bit okay. of it. All veterans of the podcast. Is, Jeremy Adams yeah. has been on. Josie was just recently on for My Adventures with Superman. And uh, and of course, uh, yeah, the, the yeah. Jim Krieg, he's a he's a fantastic he's a sieve of information. Yeah, no. So he had to he, he wrote kind of the frame of the three individual stories that Jeremy, Josie and myself wrote. Um, so so, yeah, he was he was he was. And of course, you know, he kind of oversees all of that stuff. So, right. Um, so. So War World, uh, you know, and that's the thing. The story is not a, a big surprise. I mean, yes, this is technically a spoilers, but there's not a lot of spoilers in this this film. It's really you got to see it's it. It's been believe. like two months. Anybody that hasn't seen right. it, that's sorry. Right. You know, hey, click it off right now. I'm getting into it. I am spoiling everything. Yeah. So you should <laughs> go go but, watch it But now. what you knew about the film beforehand was, was that they were brainwashed and that they believed they were in different places. Uh, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, who, by the way, had not been in this, they call it the Tomorrowverse. <laughs> that's the that's the Darren Chris uh, is Superman universe of films that includes Superman, Man of Tomorrow, Legion of Superheroes, Green Lantern, Beware My Power, uh, World War Three or World War II, Justice League, World War, Justice Society, World mm-hmm. War Two. Uh, all these movies are in a connected little universe. Long Halloween and, one and two also included. That's in right, that. Batman: The Long Halloween. And you, you, so you, so, so you're anticipating that. What I'm anticipating going into this film is that you're going to see these characters in in this in these worlds, and then they're going to have a fight. I mean, it's it's a superhero movie, but the difference in this movie is. From minute one, you are in these worlds, and these worlds, the three worlds that Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman are in, are completely plot-driven, uniquely animated, and much more in-depth than I had given it any credit for. You're so invested in Wonder Woman's story, because that's how it starts, and from what I understand from the, watching the, the Blu-ray and the features, that was your idea to put Wonder Woman in the Wild West. And you are fully invested. That is a heart-wrenching story. And it's supposed to be a whole lifetime for her in this war world mode. Wow. Well, I got to give credits to uh, Jim Krieg. He came up with the uh, the concept because he wanted to do a war world thing or or uh, or maybe marketing did or somebody right like this somebody like, at this Warner one, Brothers this wanted to sell, do it right, right? <laughs> uh so he was like okay we've seen the gladiatorial combat angle and i don't think you're going to do it better than justice league um you know the Dwayne McDuffie version the two parter which is which is from really, the justice league animated series right from the animated series um, which is great also that that's yeah. fantastic too so he wanted to do it as more of a prison of the mind. And so we could have these three individual stories seemingly set in wildly disparate time frames and, and indeed different worlds of the DC universe that we haven't seen yet. 
or that have been given short shrift. Let's well, say. and 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 to 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 build on what you just said there, not only is it not been seen in comics in generations, but it's not been in any animation. Even the War World animated episodes of the Justice League series, they don't go there. They don't see fam a, a little girl lose her parents in the first 10 minutes of a superhero <laughs> movie. Well, it is TV. And this thing was rated R, I believe. Oh, yeah. I, I Jeremy was, I hadn't seen it. I was the only one that hadn't seen it before Comic-Con, its premiere. Right. And I was like, Oh, why? Why did it get an R? He's like, why? Because of you. <laughs> no, I'm like, what do you mean? Watch, watch <laughs> <Because> this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm watching your thing, and then all of a sudden, people are getting shot in the face. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, man, I don't know if that should be all on me. That's the animator's <laughs> choice. I just write somebody gets shot and he <laughs> dies, or he falls off his horse. I won't even say he dies. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's their choice whether to like just have the bullet enter an eye and blow out the back of his skull oh as my, he falls off. My word. <laughs> like it is dark. Uh yeah. it, it's dark. And then you see that girl yeah. throughout the the ep the the episode and you know there's hints that Diana is Wonder Woman. But if you've seen this for the first time, you're not a hundred percent sure what you're watching. And all you know is you can't turn away. And I'm not kissing your ass, man. It, it, that <laughs> gripped me. I pressed play on that thing and I was, I had no expectations. And I was just like, wow. And it's a while before the Wonder Woman scene shifts to the Batman, the quote unquote Batman scene, which is a, a totally different thing that you didn't write. But it feels like an entire investment of the fans emotion of the viewers emotion while you're watching this thing and you haven't revealed an inch of the plot. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, we wanted to put it into places that you might not have seen before. So originally I think the room was going, uh, Oh, Batman in the old West, but, that there has been Batman in the old West a couple of times. Right. And I was like, I found out later there was a wonder woman in the, in the old West, but I had never read it or heard of it. Right. Um, it might be fine work, you know? <laughs> okay. Sure, sure, but, sure. Uh, but I just had never, never seen it. So I was like, why don't we do that? And then Jeremy was like, Oh, but well, what about if we, we put him in the, in, in kind of the war, war, uh, warlord, world of Scarterus, right? Which is another DC guy, right? He's a, he's a dude that we've never seen before. Um, and, uh, and it was like, okay, that's great. And, and then, um, and, and so Jeremy Adams did that because he had written for Jensen Ackles, uh, who's doing that. And, and so he, he's like, I want to write more for Jensen and Josie, at a, at a certain point. So he he took that one off the table. It was still like Wonder Woman and Superman. And she was kind of like, I always do Wonder Woman. I want to do Superman. And and I was really glad because that one, I think, is the hardest one to write. The paranoia kind of uh, film noir. Yep. Uh, Superman. It's set in the 1950s and Clark Kent is, is a police detective. Right. And for, for a, like a, a Mars attacks landing, basically. Right. You know, so in that creepy I, diner with all these people that look like villains. Yes, it's nuts. 
it's it's more of a it's it's very atmospheric and then and then there's a lot of action with monsters you know chasing you but i just i was like i want to do wonder woman is clint eastwood like clintina eastwood the woman with no name um and you know six shooter and lariat you know using right she has the lasso yeah we're using it more as a bullwhip but uh but yeah she does also use the lasso for for other stuff i was hoping i thought after people see it someone is going to cosplay this and there was a cosplayer at the premiere oh that's awesome wonder woman of this brand new form of wonder woman that had never been seen before only from the trailer and uh she's she's a very um she's a very famous wonder woman cosplayer um and she was great she looked exactly like it i'm like oh my god someone someone cosplayed from a trailer like that does not happen. There was this was the first time the movie was being screened, so that That's was wild. incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was really cool to see that. That it, you know, but it's unique. I, I, it's, it's unique in the sense that you're not expecting it to be her. You're right. There has been Batman stories with um, the Wild Wild West and the past, and Jonah Hex, and right. you've seen those things before. Uh, there's that classic Batman the animated series where. Uh, you know, you, you go back in time to see Jonah, Jonah Hex. They don't time travel. It's it's a Jonah Hex story without. Yeah, that's a Brave and the Bold one, right? Yeah, there's that. There's the classic Batman the animated series one. The the, right. the the interesting part about all of this is what kind of leeway do you have? Jonah Hex is dark and not the good guy. And I thought in the comics, he's the good guy. Uh, like, he may be a bit of an anti-hero, but he's not a a villain, and he's not anything but a villain in, in War World. Yes, but... Okay. Remember, remember, this is a Elseworlds world story. Right. That is not our world where he's a hero. In this world... Because this is a facsimile created by... Exactly. Mongol. Mongol, right? But you don't so, know that when you're watching it. He is programmed. So so we do have, have that. I actually wanted him to be with Wonder Woman. Like that would be the, the odd pairing. And uh and uh and and Jim Tucker, he wanted very badly to get Batlash in here because he thinks Batlash is woefully underrepresented. And so Batlash had to be the, the um, we wanted two strong characters, obviously, to, you need to, you, you need a, a, a worthy, right? A, wor- a worthy villain for a Wonder Woman, right? Or in this case, um, the woman with no name who does not remember who she is for a while. And that's why it was it was split that way. And I think that's the that's the better call. In the end, having him be on the other side, Jonah Hex, was uh, a good call. And I think it makes the that section better.
People often ask me, how do I keep motivated and uh, how do I keep my spirits up? Well, things are, are moving forward instead of backwards. I think every neuroscientist in the world, if you lined them all up and asked them the same question, can the spinal cord be repaired, they'd say yes. That is the voice of Christopher Reeve. Whether this is your first time ever hearing the Hall of Justice or you've listened to over 300 of the episodes that we've put together since this podcast was created in 2015, the superhero genre owes a great deal to the role Christopher Reed played as Superman. Partnering with the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation is an honor for the Hall of Justice podcast. In 1995... The accomplished actor was paralyzed after being thrown from a horse during an equestrian competition. After his accident, he lobbied for spinal injury research, and that led the man who once played Superman to the foundation that bears his name. Here's the origin story from the foundation's CEO, Maggie Goldberg. So when Christopher Reeve was injured in 1995, he was looking at all of the other organizations in the country and really around the world. Um, and there weren't that many that were searching for cures and treatments for spinal cord injury. And what he loved about our organization at the time, which was the American Paralysis Association, is that we were funding research. We, we, our mission and sort of theme was considered a laboratory without walls. We wanted to fund the best research no matter where it was in the world. And one of the other parts of the mission was bringing researchers together and to share information, which wasn't really something that was done at the time. Researchers you know, can be very competitive. They hold their information close to the best. So I think that's what really drew him um, most to this organization. The Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation is dedicated to curing spinal cord injury by advancing innovative research and improving the quality of life for individuals and families impacted by paralysis. We are on the cusp of a new era in spinal cord injury, where real cures are within reach. The Reeve Foundation serves as a catalyst at this critical moment, uniting academics, scientists, and industry in a new model of collaboration. The Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation is really the only national paralysis foundation focused on a dual mission. Today's care, tomorrow's cure. We are searching for cures and treatments for spinal cord injury, paralysis caused by spinal cord injury, but we also provide services and programs for people impacted by all types of mobility impairments. So when you think about paralysis, it's not just spinal cord injury, it's stroke, ALS, MS, um, in addition to spinal cord injury. And we're here to really help people navigate their journey through paralysis, whether or not they were diagnosed or impacted from you know, yesterday, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. This partnership is not the only tie Christopher Reeve has had with this podcast, even though it was created 11 years after his passing in 2004. In the 1970s at Juilliard, Christopher Reeve was good friends with Kevin Conroy. Little did they know then that while Christopher Reeve would be the embodiment of Superman, Kevin Conroy would be known as the voice of Batman. And Kevin was kind enough to come on this podcast during his illustrious career five times. Tragically, Dana Reeve passed away in 2006, and the foundation was renamed 
the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. I asked CEO Maggie Goldberg how listeners of the Hall of Justice podcast can participate and help the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. There are many ways to get involved. The easiest is to go to our website at ChristopherReeve.org. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle is at Reeve Foundation. Um, there, you could become an advocate. You can run a marathon and join Team Reeve. You can become a fundraiser. You can help us spread the word. You can become a volunteer. All of that is outlined at ChristopherReeve.org, and we invite you to become part of our family. In the weeks and months to come, we are going to organize some walks and some activities that can raise money for the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. But for now, if you are hearing this for the first time, the fifth time, or the tenth time, go to ChristopherReeve.org. Get the newsletter and find resources in your area. I'd like to think that if we had this podcast in the time that Christopher Reeve was alive, he'd want to be a part of it. He'd want to be a part of the show, and he'd want us to spread the word about this foundation. Thanks to you, the listeners, we are going to do that. I think in order to accomplish something, somebody has to go out there and put out a vision that makes it seem more real, more tangible. This may be above your pay grade. You can you can de- decline this if you want. Um, <laughs> the decision to have Stana Kadic, uh, who plays uh, Diana, to to have her have an accent. Um, hmm. That's. I mean, Gal Gadot had to have an accident, right. uh, not an accident, an accent. Um, you know, and I get to tell my my favorite Hebrew schools joke. Um, you know, Gal Gadot, as, as wonderful as she was as Wonder Woman, uh, couldn't do any other accents. She can't do a British accent. She can't do an American accent. So Patty Jenkins, rather than have her be the fish out of water, had all the Amazons speak with Israeli accents. And I said, that's my Hebrew school fantasy to have a bunch of scantily clad women all speaking Hebrew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Where was I, that when I was twelve? <laughs> it, I've always, I've always thought that Gal Gadot thing. I kind of put it as like now the, the yeah, the Themyscira accent, right? right it's a and, Themyscira accent, but like, they, they did that the ancient, to, for her ancient world, right? Right, she's from the ancient world, so that's right. But you don't have to do that in animation. It's not the same character. Well, but she kind of did it in. Uh, to Justice Society, World War Two. So I think it was it was just okay. a continuation of okay. that. Okay. Uh, but it's totally not. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't in the room for the room. weren't in the room for that. And nobody and nobody would have asked my opinion on it anyway. I thought it was great. I mean, no, I it's thought, not a complaint. It's not a yeah. complaint. It's just a. I, I try to understand the why behind things. Yeah. No, I you know thought... it's the decision in animation when you know years ago when uh, the new Fifty Two, the Tucker verse of 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 these animated movies, Superman didn't have the red trunks. Well, that that was Cavill. That that's Cavill's costume. You know what I mean? So it it it's art imitating the live action, and 
you know, what the DC animation has done throughout the roller coaster of live action stuff has been the steady hand. So mm. there's no need for that. You know, there's no need to do now if you want to do it because that's your creative choice, but you're doing it on the heels of the live action character. Right. So it sounds like you're copying it. Well, you got to remember that we're always doing stuff three years before that it actually comes out. So people said right. that. That's when people had high hopes for that universe. Uh, <laughs> so when people when people were, um, they go for Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, uh-huh. where we did, where we did, uh, I don't know, two years later or something like that. And they said, oh, you did it because of Endgame. You, you copied Endgame. James copied Tucker Endgame, came on. Which yeah, he came told out us that story. three months before. Yep. Okay. So Endgame. James Tucker was that. watching Endgame in the theater and said, oh, my God, they're copying us. No. Well, three months later, he's like, damn it, we're going to get accused of copying yep. them, which is what usually happens. But the thing is, we didn't know. The Endgame was one of the most tightly held on to yeah. scripts and secretive of like who's gonna die i don't think too many people knew that tony, uh, tony stark was gonna die at the end of that right that no was but of... if war world is being written four years ago gal gadot is still wonder Woman. exactly exactly and, you know we're talking we're talking right before wonder woman 1984 and it just you know you're right and if you want to compare i hadn't factored in justice society um the World War Two, you know, the film. I, I didn't factor that. That that's a great point. I just thought, again, you're the pioneers. You, th- this yeah. movie, th- this this tomorrow verse has been pioneering storytelling. It's almost saying, listen, live action, do whatever you want. Watch this. You know what I mean? Like you're not trying to influence anybody. It's just you're doing your own stories. The 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 idea that Superman Man of Tomorrow is a much brighter Superman because it had gotten too dark. Yeah. Well, they there is some uh autonomy for now the other times they go, oh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to um hold off on releasing the long Halloween because the patents in Batman actually deals with uh, the 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 calendar killer, the Halloween killer. You know, whatever, whatever yep. that whole subplot is. Even though the movies are vastly different, and I I think the ones the animated ones stay more close to whatever that run was, right, uh, which right. I'm forgetting right now. Man, every time I go on one of these shows, it sounds like I've never read a comic before, right? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I just forget everything. Yeah, yeah. Names. Listen, you've forgotten more than a lot, a lot of us who remember. Stuff I've worked on, I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, we do get to do some stuff. Sometimes they wave, they wave us off and go give us a negative ghost rider. Uh, the pattern is full. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's kind of a get to do kind of weird and odd stuff that so, maybe the live action people don't want to do or or wouldn't right. do for a while. Well, you know, yeah, they're changing. But you know, but the thing with live action. And this is not just a DC thing. This is affecting Marvel. This is affecting Star Wars. This is pretty much everything. 
the people who are the creative brains behind these projects read social media. They see. They can't not. And they see the tweets. They see the posts. They see the Instagram. They see the TikToks now. You know, it's it, it, they see it all. So to say it doesn't influence is impossible. That's why I'm saying this is not just a DC thing. This whole conversation is everything. You you have this instant reaction to know what is popular and what is not. And once you find something that hits with an audience, you jump on it. It's just, it's subconscious. Uh, I'm not sure if I agree. First of all, I don't think like James Gunn is, you know, yeah, he. James he, Gunn he is constantly that. on Twitter. Right. But will it influence what he wants to do and, and the creative choices that he makes? Oh, I don't think so. I if mean, okay, let's let's use Star Wars as, as the example. If the reaction to episodes eight and nine, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, were fantastic, if they were a hundred percent, this is the new Return of the Jedi. This is the greatest thing ever. There's an episode ten. Maybe, maybe, yeah. That's Certainly, that's what I'm saying. There's something. I mean, there's there's whether it's a prequel or a, a whole new between the wars, like they're doing with Andor. You know, yeah. Uh, and 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 Gal Gadot's popularity as an actress has been through the roof as Wonder Woman. She's yeah. perfect as Wonder Woman. So to do an homage to her makes sense. But that's that's the reason. Because I had never seen Wonder Woman have an accent before Gal, ever. Oh, you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that Stana would be copying her. All actors do their own thing. She knows that Wonder Woman is a thousand years old. Right. There would be some sort of funky accent which we would not be familiar with. She, she would have lived. No, it's, it's a brilliant performance. You know, like come, come. I mean, she wouldn't have lived in the Middle East. She grown up on on Themyscira, but certainly there would be something in that. You know, she would spend a lot of time there. That was the settled world at that point. And uh, you know, I, I I think she just do did that actory thing, and then and then got like a sentence, and you get a piece of it, and all of a sudden everything falls into place, and yeah, she's yeah. like, "This is it." And then James Tucker has to like it too. Right. Uh, right. And then you just move on forward. Yeah. Uh, so. um, speaking of moving on, uh, right when you get to the point of where you're wondering how dark the Wild Wild West is going to get, you immediately go into this uh, Conan the Barbarian style world. Uh and there's a guy who has a head helmet on that looks kind of like the Batman mask, but it's not. And it's Jensen Eccles. So you know who he's supposed to be. Um, I was recovering from the, the Wonder Woman story before <laughs> I invested. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I was just, I'm watching the, 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 the Batman one and I'm going, oh, what? fucked up thing is going to happen in this like <laughs> because that was nuts and i'm like and then and then there's going to be a superman one like it that's where my brain is going because even though i knew the story i didn't know where this was going that's why that the cool thing about this film is you can watch this film 
and think you know what the story is and you basically can figure out the ending but you have no idea how you're going to get there exactly right and the weird thing is there is a um a loud um section small section a loud and small section of the internet that hates that <laughs> they apparently <laughs> want exactly what they figure it's going to be they want to know everything in the future and if you fool them it's like one star you ah you've, you've taken my emotions and and you you throw them in the trash you you know, it's kind it's kind of weird. I, I like the stories where you don't know if if someone surprises me, I like get off the couch. Like I'm like, oh shit, what yeah. a great plot twist that was. Yeah. You know, I'm stealing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's usually my thought. I'll go write it down if it's good enough. No, I I like I like that. Tell me, um, you know, obviously uh Jeremy Adams wrote it. Uh Jeremy's been great on the podcast. Um, what was your thought on the Batman story, especially considering originally you might have done the Batman Wild Wild West story that gets switched and now Batman's in this world. What was your reaction to that? It's really cool. You know, and I hadn't seen, I would, I, I know it's a sword and sandals Batman, uh, you know, sword and sorcery Batman, but I also, it's got an element of medieval Batman, which I've yeah. always like wanted to see. Yep. So, and Jensen Ackles is my new Batman. You know, I, I, I He's really great. like him yeah. in this role. Um, All the uh, voice acting is great in this film. And Darren Chris is Superman and uh, he's been great. Uh, he's so good in that, uh, the Versace film. Oh, yeah. the trial of Gianni Versace. Oh my God. He is so good. Uh, in, in that and Stana Kadek, I don't, I don't want to be misconstrued. She's great as Wonder Woman. It, it's not, it's not a, a like or a dislike. It was a question. Uh, in this situation, he's the most familiar part of it. Jensen Eccles is the most familiar part of it because you don't know any of these characters. Yeah, I mean, I really, yeah, okay. People always go, it's Batman and the Conan time. <laughs> Conan's Marvel, right? It, oh. And and. <laughs> And Warlord is basically DC's Conan. Gets there a totally different way, right. obviously. There's a place in the center of the world with a sun, mind you, that never goes down, right. called Scartarus. <laughs> and uh, there's a wizard, but he also knows what guns are and has a gun. So there's a gun-wielding wizard. That's the evil person. And our guy was a pilot and somehow cracked through the earth and was stranded there and becomes basically a barbarian uh, and a barbarian warlord. Right. And it's it's really cool. It's from the 70s. I remember it. Uh, it did. It is not as famous as Conan. Obviously, that's because <laughs> of the Arnold movies. They were right. both, you know, before those movies, they were both equally, eh, you know. There's some sword and sandals type things go going on, right? Um, but I thought this is this is really cool. Um, I thought Jeremy did a great job. I, I didn't time it, so but I, this is what it feels like. 
it feels like the longest one is the Wild Wild West with Wonder Woman. The Batman is a little shorter, the 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 Conan mystical one, and the shortest one is the uh, Superman in the 1950s, black and white. It's uh, it, it's 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 Faraday and and Detective Clark Kent, but he's got the glasses and he's Clark Kent, so he looks more familiar. It's the most familiar, and you it, it's all confusing. And at this point, you're like, what the hell is going on? And, you know, then uh, and it was a really cool piece. I'm not sure how it breaks down as as far as the timing. Um, Hopefully none of them felt too long. But then we get basically into the last act, you know, and that's uh, that's Jim Creek where we see we see white Martians and we see Mongol and and they go through this whole this whole thing <laughs> well and yeah i mean if you want to go there let, let's let's do the, the 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 you start to see the cracks in the detective piece in that diner you start uh-huh. to see the cracks and they're starting to figure out that they're not who where who they are and i think that's the interesting part where clark kent meets bruce wayne and they like shake hands or something and they start to see the plot unravel so I think that whereas when you're in the wild, wild west, there's not a hint of war world. You know what I'm saying? But by the third one, you're like, OK, I'm confused. What? Where are we going here? And they start to reveal the plot. Right. There was I know at one point there was going to be this like recurring musical motif. Mm-hmm. And it's probably is in there. And I didn't I didn't notice it. Um, but. There are small things. Uh, there are little clues in the Western one where, like, Jonah Hex goes, you're a wonder woman. Yeah. And and she gets a look on her face like that. That's like tickling. That sounds familiar. Yeah. You know? And, um, and, and she doesn't know why she's not dead, right? When she throws Jonah Hex away and the, just, the wall's blown up and stuff like that. And then the second one, there's a couple more clues, but they are subtle. And then the third one is when you're seeing now there's some real cracks. Right. And and they 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 remember stuff. It's like, I, I think this feels right, you know, that we're fighting together. And that is uh, is kind of the way that uh, Jim Krieg and and you know, all of us that planned it kind of kind of wanted it. James Tucker and all the fine art art folk that uh that uh, worked so hard on it it's it's brilliant because now you're invested in him as the detective but now he's starting to feel things and, and and sense things and that's going in a direction there's so like i said there's so much there um couple couple questions um whose decision is it to use martian manhunter in that part and what a rich character that in past animated features and obviously the justice league, he had developed quite a following in the, you know, like a resurgence, you know, he had that initial comics run, but if you think about him, I mean, he's in justice league, the new frontier, you know what I mean? He he's, he's in the very, very beginning. What about the evolution of that character in this? Let's see. I think that was voiced by Ike Amadi, right? Um, Yeah. You know, Martian Manhunter appears 
a lot because he's a cool character that it can shape shift. He can be invisible. He's as strong as Superman. He's got he's got the, some the, read the minds. Kind of, yes, he's got some. He can he's got project some cool these powers. world worlds. There's one line in the in the in the movie where they say that these are lifetimes. Did Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman feel lifetimes? It's oh. a lot more than just what the what you see as the viewer. Oh yeah, we're saying that they've been through this hundreds, hundreds of times, and this is the time they get out. Yes, yeah. So that's why. So that was definitely a kind of purposeful. And the thing is, so Mongol has captured the Martian Manhunter because he's the guy with a, enough juice as far as mind powers to basically create a holodeck situation where everybody has amnesia. So it's not only those three heroes. There are literally a thousand heroes from around the galaxy that that are in there. We just don't see them, you know? And then, well, (laughs) the place explodes. But remember, that is a different... uh, earth uh it is it is a different uh galaxy basically um so you can't count on anybody uh that uh sustained an injury or died there this is as, as being dead so, so. oh it's nuts it, it's it's absolutely Take nuts. It, Take it, 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 it's wild um the idea of mongol uh he looks different but he looks really dark and scary and it's animated beautifully. Um, you know, I'll always think of Mongol as the guy who destroyed Coast City and caused Hal Jordan to go bonkers uh, in the comics. And, you know, that, that was always my introduction to comics. You know, my introduction, I've told this story a thousand times on the podcast. Um, I got into it when I was in college and I covered for the campus TV station, I covered the de- uh, the death of Superman. And then when I had a car, I got a car six months later, I went, first thing I did when I got a car on campus is I drove to that comic book store that we had gone to for the story and I checked it out. And that's when Mongol destroys Coast City and Hal Jordan goes crazy. And mm. that was my introduction to comics. <laughs> um so it's so Mongol's a key character, you know what I mean? And to reinvent him and reintroduce him, I think is pretty wild. I don't think he'd been he'd been in the Justice League uh series, the yeah. animated series, but he hadn't been in any of these features. No, no, I I forget who who didn't like Mongol. Somebody. Somebody higher than me I was like, yeah, boring. <laughs> You know, right. so not everybody loves him. I I, I think there's a little overlap um, with the, uh, you know, kind of Mon- Mongol or Dark Side. You know, they 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 can't really be partners because they both want to be the Warlord Supreme or the Supreme Ruler of the Galaxy. Um, I don't know. Maybe that would be something interesting to do that they finally say, you know what. <laughs> Let's not fight. Let's not fight anymore. <laughs> and clearly you knew this was part of it, uh, you know, even probably before the, you came on, as we kind of put a bow on this, 
uh, Harbinger shows up at the end um, and it teases the crisis on Infinite Earth. I'd love to know. You probably can't tell me anything. Um, I'd love to know how you're going to incorporate that book into an animated feature. I've seen it with Batman Hush. I've seen it with The Long Halloween. I've seen it with other storylines. Uh, that crisis was an undertaking. And uh, do you kill Supergirl? That's all I want to know. Do you kill Supergirl? Do you kill Barry Allen? Is that how it ends? Oh, oh my God, I want to know. Well, you know what? I I can tell you I didn't work on any of them. Um, okay. <laughs> No, but that crisis is coming. I guess they're saying crisis, right? Yeah. They, because they announced it at the end of War World. Yep. Still can't get everything in there, right? I, I you read can't. Well, the multiverse, multiverse is, about, is multiverse, and now there's a million multiverses. It's this thick, you know? It's this thick. So oh, that book. Even, I have that. I read that book. Yeah. Even three movies are not enough to do to do it um to 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 have the entire comic represented so i know there was just like in all of the adaptations it's it's kind of like some things are amalgamated some things are have to be dropped unfortunately but there's a lot there's a lot of story and um yeah i'm not quite sure when it comes out um but yeah, next year, next year will be pretty big for that. And then they also announced that there's going to be a Watchmen. So that'll be. That'll yeah, be yeah, cool. yeah. Um, which is which is great because, you know, the the, the live action Watchmen uh, is pretty true to the book. The Zack Snyder film is pretty true to the book. Oh, yeah. I mean, so it's just like. How is it going to be different? And then, you know, you also have the HBO show that is kind of like a sequel do you incorporate anything from that into this? Uh, Watchmen's fascinating. What 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 else are you working on that you can tell us? Oh, geez. You love, <laughs> and I know this from the last time, you love saying I can't tell you. Yeah, I can't tell you. <laughs> um, I, you it's know what? To I, have a job that no one can know what you're writing on? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird. Is, I it can't good? Tell you. Is it good what you're writing? Is it good? I can I can actually tell you I'm working with a with a um an Irish animation company, um, uh, because I'm I'm one of those people that I I have like a, a a dual citizenship so I have an EU passport so some nice people can call me and I get them points right oh. for 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 doing any kind of EU work so oh nice. I'm doing this like Celtic fantasy, epic fantasy, and, wow. and we've we've written the we've written the pilot, and we're we're having it read right now. But I think it came out really, really well. Is I it animated or live action? Animated. animated. Oh, very cool. So I'd love to do something like. Uh, I mean, I'd I'd love to have this show go and 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 sure. get a chance to 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 write it because. It is awesome, and the animation the company's name is Giant Animation in in Dublin. Everybody's is really just beautiful. Um, so yeah, I'm working on that and something else for them. I might be doing something. 
in in Hungary. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's right, well, there's some other be. stuff. I don't know. Yeah, we're hoping. Right on, yeah. Well, whenever you can announce stuff, you know, don't forget us and and come back, and we'll plug the I crap mean, out of it. Well, that that'll be great. You know, this this previous time, I think there was, you know, the strike was there, and people couldn't right. people couldn't do uh, publicity for War World stuff. Yeah, they, it was they... weird. It it was weird. I I I'm usually pretty on top of this stuff, and then the next thing you know, it had been released, and I remember calling you, and I was just like, "When is this coming out?" You're like, "It's out." I was like, it's already out. And we had booked, we had booked like six episodes in a row. And we were like, I was like, what am I going to do with this? And then it wasn't like anxious to watch it because I knew I wasn't doing the podcast for it soon. And then I told you last week, I said, I, I, I sat down, I was home alone. I pressed play on this thing and oh my God, it's so good. It's really good. And Considering the standard, this is what I'll say, I'm not speaking for you, considering the standard that Warner Brothers Animation has had throughout the run of these 35, 40 movies, this one is on par. It is, I'm not going to BS the listeners and say, it's the greatest one I've ever seen. No, no, it's not that. It's right there with all of them. And it's great. It's great. I remember the credits are running and I texted you and I was like, slept on this movie this is we have to do this i i was glad i was glad no it's great um, congrats on war world uh all i can say is whatever you have in the future come back to the podcast don't be a stranger thanks a lot seth and uh i will definitely let you know if something good is coming down the pipe if something's worth it we're having ernie back or if not we'll just have ernie back anyway that's Ernie Altbacker. Again, go check out Justice League War World. Uh, We will see you next week with another edition of the Hall of Justice. Have a good night.